Two Rivers Assembly. Good morning. Well, we are starting a brand new series this Sunday. It is called Soul Detox. And so anybody that is joining us for the first time, or maybe you're joining us online, we, we just want to welcome you, and we want you to get ready for this series. It's based off of a, a book by Craig Groeschel entitled Soul Detox, and I, I'm very excited about that. And so if you're here and, and you're wondering what in the world is Soul Detox, let me just lay a foundation for the next four weeks for what we're going to be talking about during this series. And, and basically, it comes down to this. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. And, and so we need to understand the importance of that reality and, and, and kind of come to terms with that. And that, that really makes a big difference because oftentimes we go through life, we are focused on our body. We're focused on working out, getting rest, doing the different things, and we, we're busy taking care of our body. But somewhere in our life, we begin to neglect our soul. And here's the reality of it. In fact, God says it this way in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Go ahead and pull up that scripture, and it says, And the Lord God formed man, out of the dust of the ground. So, so basically, God gives man the shell, this outer body, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living, everybody, a living soul. A living soul. We are a living soul. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. And, and so... As we go into this period of time and we're talking about this, this Sunday, I want to talk about the restless soul. See, this whole idea of soul detox is based off of this idea. How many have ever been in a, in a room with, back before it was legal, when you could smoke in the room with people, right? <laughs> Who remembers that? Anybody remember that time? You could, you could walk into a room, and maybe you'd be in a room, and there were times, there were places that I, that I was at, and you'd go into the room, and at first, when I would first walk in, I'm not a smoker, but when I would first walk into the room, it'd be like, oh, man, this, this room smells. You could smell it. And then, but over time, what happens as you stay in that environment? You don't smell it anymore. You don't notice it. You can't tell what's going on with it. And, and then when you leave the room, what goes with you? The smell. And, and you won't even realize it until you get to somebody else who is not a smoker and they smell everything that's on you and they're like, what's going on? What's up with that? And, and, and so you realize what happens is what, the reason we've outlawed smoking in, in public places common shared rooms is because there's secondhand smoke, right? So that what we found is that there's actually 
a toxin or there's a poison that's going in to your system, it, breathing secondhand smoke is worse than smoking it from the cigarette. And, and so what happens is in your life and in my life, I believe that we are in our souls breathing in the secondhand poison from our culture. That, that we are in a culture we don't even notice what's impacting our soul, what is poisoning us, and we don't realize it. And there has to be a pause there's got to be a moment where we detox and we get away from all of that and somebody's got to say, hey, what's that smell? What's going on there with that? And that's, that's what this series is all about. We, we're willing to detox our bodies. Every year at the beginning of the year, everybody talks about, let's, let's go to the gym. I'm, I've got things I want to do. I want to get healthy. We start with our resolutions. And I, I want to piggyback on that, that we would have some resolutions to take care of our soul because we are not a body with a soul we are a soul with a body so what we're going to be doing and in fact that's why we do the next 21 days we are challenging you to participate in the instead 21 campaign 21 days of prayer and fasting 21 days at the end of that 20 days 21 days we're going to challenge you to give in an offering some of the things that you give up during this series. You're actually going to find that some of these things that are polluting you, the bad habits, those types of things, you can trade them and give them in an offering so that we could further the kingdom of God. And we have this amazing goal to see a thousand souls come to know Jesus this year. And, and so what, what we're going to do to do that, we need to be able to fund that. There's some strategic things that we want to get behind here at Two Rivers, and that's what's going to happen in that offering on February 15th. And so begin to pray about that and begin to see. And here's what I believe is going to happen for us during this season, this 21 days. God's going to break some things in your life, some of the addictions, some of, some of the things where people have been believing God for breakthrough for their families, have been believing God for breakthrough in their life, believing God for friends and family members to come to know Christ. We're going to see those things happen. We're going to see the miraculous in this 21 days. You can just go ahead and mark that if you're taking notes. Pastor Will said we're going to see the miraculous. Write down the date and the time, and then we will see what God does in this next 21 days. And if you watch that video, the, the fellow was saying he had struggled with alcohol, and then it was during a season of fasting for 21 days that God broke that addiction in his life, and for the first time he had spent a year clean. And, and that's what God can do in your life, and we believe beyond just addiction, God can do the miraculous to touch your body, physical healing. There's all different things that we believe are going to happen. So here's what's going to happen. Next this week, we're going to be talking about the restless soul. Next week, we're going to talk about the heavy soul. I believe that there's a whole bunch of us that are here today. We're smiling on the outside, but in, in our soul, we're very, very heavy. And then, and then the week after that, we're going to talk about the tortured soul and then the seduced soul. But today, we are going to talk about what I call the curse of the restless soul. The curse of the restless soul. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you have indeed blessed us. That you have done something on the cross.
when you died and you rose again, that changed all of eternity. God, from the beginning of time to the end of time, what you did in that one moment impacted everything. And this morning I decree and I declare and I invite you to come that you would impact everything in this room today, that our hearts and our minds would be open to receive from you, that our soul would be changed for you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. The curse of the restless soul. And, and I know, as we talk about this today, that many of us are going to see ourselves in this subject. In fact, if you go ahead and open in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, if you remember the story of Cain and Abel, it's the first murder. And, and there's two brothers, Cain and Abel, and one sacrifice was accept, accepted. It was Abel's sacrifice. And then his brother Cain killed him because he was jealous. And so here's the curse that God places on Cain. He says, now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. And then you will be a what? Wanderer on the earth. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And, and so what we need to do is we need to discover that many of us are walking and living with that curse. The restless wanderer. So many of us have a restless soul. We are always searching, but never finding. We're interested in everything, but satisfied by nothing. Inwardly, we are all spun up on the inside. Our RPMs keep going. I mean, we want to try to find rest for our bodies, but we never really find rest for our souls. We're anxious. We're tense. We're worried. We're concerned. Our minds just don't know how to shut down. And even when we try to rest at night, internally our soul does not rest. It's a restless soul. So I have this from time to time that I'll be working, I'll work real hard, I'll, I'll start putting in overtime. I'm thinking, well, I'm just caring for the church. I've got to do all these different things and I've got to do this, that, and I've got my list and I want to take new ground and take new territory. And so I start doing extra projects and I work overtime and I work all the way through the day into the night. And then I'll go to bed late at night and I'll sleep and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and what will be on my mind? Work. I'll be thinking about something, even when I'm trying to sleep, I'm trying to rest, and my mind is still processing all the things that need to happen. And let me tell you, with every person, there's 50 details to manage. Count the room, right? So forget about it. And that's, so, that's why we say every member's a minister at Two Rivers. There's no possible way I can be there for you. It's not going to happen. But Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes really paint a good picture of the way I live my life. 
It's the way many of us live our lives. And the chances are, many people in the room here today are living their life that way as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is grief and pain. And this is amazing. Even at night, their minds do not, everybody say it. Even at night, their minds do not rest. It is a restless soul. Well, I want to pause just for a moment and just ask you to be really, really honest. How many of you are wound up on the inside and you find it difficult to calm down in your soul? Sometimes at night, your mind keeps going and even with the family, you can't shut it down. Your mind and your soul really rarely find that deep rest. How many of you would say that's you? God does not want us to live this way. We're all going to acknowledge that our body needs rest. And I submit to you that our soul needs rest as well. So that raises this question, really, where do we find rest for our souls? Where do you find it? Where can you find rest for your soul? And what I'm going to tell you now is pretty much the preacher answer. But the reality of it is this. I absolutely guarantee that what I'm about to tell you is true. So don't write it off. Don't take it as a, oh, whatever, preacher. It's this, that there is only one place, in one place only, that we will find rest for our soul. And that is in God. Write that down. Our souls find rest in God alone. Our souls find rest in God alone. David says it this way in Psalm 62, run. One. Let's read this, everybody. It says, Truly, my soul finds rest in my salvation comes from him. Where does David find his rest? In God alone. In other words, there is no person, there's no thing, no experience, no vacation, no dream home, no amount of money. There is no thing outside of God that can bring rest in the essence of who I am. My soul finds rest in Him alone. In, in fact, I love the way St. Augustine says it. He said to God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds you. In other words, there is a design for our soul, and we are restless until we find God. In fact, my daughter has a little ball, and you have to stick shapes into it. And, and so at first, when she started playing with the shape, she would try to take the triangle and stick it in the square, and it wouldn't work. And so she pokes around on that little thing until she finds the triangle one and then gets the triangle one in there, and it goes in, and she's like, aha, I did it. Well, now she's figured it out that it's more fun to tease me. Like she looks at it, and like she knows that I, it makes me twitch. <clears throat> that, like, just stick it in the right one. It, you know it goes in that one. I know you know. And she's like, <laughs> she teases me. 
This is my restless soul. But, but the reality of it is this. That's, that's what we do in our life. We fundamentally, consistently try to stick the wrong things into what will only match one shape. We are consistently in our life attempting to put and find satisfaction and find that perfect match that doesn't exist except in God alone. My Psalm 62.1, it says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, everybody say it together, rest. rest. And I will give you rest. So everybody who is weary, everyone who is burdened, who do we go to? We go to Jesus. We go to Jesus, and there we find rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your, everybody say it, rest for your souls. When we go to Jesus, we don't just find rest. We find rest for our soul. There is in Jesus only rest for our soul. So here's, here's where we find rest for our soul. The answer is in God alone. So the next question that we have to ask is, okay, so how do I find that? How, if, if true rest is in God... How do I rest in God? And here's, here's what Scripture teaches us. We're getting ready to look at the Scriptures. And today, I'm going to tell you outright, we are going through a whole bunch of Scriptures because I want the Word of God to go into your soul. I want it to impact your soul. And I want you today to walk away having the Word of God that something would come in because we need to learn to live according to the rhythms of God's grace. Not according to the pressures and the secondhand toxic smoke of this world that says, go, 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 produce, produce, produce. More, 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 more. More. We find rest for our souls and seek Him first. That's why we're doing the Instead campaign. 21 days. Let's, let's seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then He'll add everything that matters. If you're rested in your soul, see, the enemy would love to make you busy. The enemy would love to keep you restless and under a curse. But when you seek first the kingdom of God, what happens is He adds everything else that matters. See, God rightly orders our life. When we seek first the kingdom of God. And the lie is that we have to go, 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 go. Do more, 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 more. Get there, get there, get there. To be productive, productive, productive. And out of that, we will find ourselves restless. So let me give you three lies. <laughs> wow. Toxic lies. We don't want those. Let's get those out. Let's give you three thoughts for how to find rest in God. All right. These are not lies. These are straight from the Word. Number one, number one, be still 
before God. Be still before God. It says in Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still. Everybody say, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God says, be still before him. Well, that is a trick. That's a big trick. Be still. And, and I'm going to say it this way because I'm just going to go ahead and state the obvious on this one. Just, just so we can understand the, the polarity of this. God doesn't say be busy and know that I'm God. He doesn't say be productive and know that I'm God. He doesn't say be worried and know that I'm God. He doesn't say be anxious and know that I'm God. He doesn't say be all revved up on the inside and know that I'm God. Scripture says be still. Have you ever been around a group of kids who are just woo, going every which way? I have a house of three of them. Let me tell you, there are times that I just want to be like, be still. Just, just, just be still. Stop it. Stop it. And, 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 and so you know what it is. The kids are going everywhere and You've been around the one kid that is just touching you, touching you, touching you, touching you. Be still. Stop. Just give me some space. <laughs> That's our life, right? That's our soul. That's what, and, and, and just like I tell my kids in a nice way of some type that would get results to, to calm down, let's maybe watch a, Paw Patrol episode or some other type of thing that's going to cause some peace. So, so we would tell our children to be still in some type of way. There is a time in your life, in my life, that we need to speak to our soul. You need to speak to your soul and to say, be still. Shut up. Quit running. Sit down. And be still. You know, David does this. David in Psalm 131, verse 2. He says, Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. You know, my kids, they will run around. And, and, and like Natalie, our newborn, she's six months old, five months old. And she will just sit, and she's happy most of the time, but there are times when she'll start crying. Do you know I've never heard her cry when she sits in my wife's lap? Right? She's with mom, she's happy. You see that with two-year-olds. They're, oh, everything is wrong. They're crying, and why? Because they want, they want mom. They want to go sit in mom's lap. And, and there is a peace that they find there. And what, what the Word says is that you need to speak to your soul. And there are times that you need, to be, you need to tell your soul, be still. Settle down, soul. And take authority over what's happening in your soul. And, and recognize that there's something that needs to happen. And, and here's an exercise that everyone should try. And this is going to sound really simple and, and offensively easy. But I promise you it's not. 
And, 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 but if you are a restless soul, this will yield tremendous benefit for your life. I want you to take five minutes. Everybody put up five fingers. Five minutes. You can put them down. <clears throat> take five minutes a day to be still and focus on God and nothing else. Just five minutes a day. Now, if you're restless in your soul, what's going to happen is you're going to sit down and, and, and you're going to try to take your five minutes, you're going to get your clock out, and you're going to be looking at the clock like one, two, three, four. Um, there's diapers to change, and there's shopping that needs to be done. There's five things that need to be fixed in the car, and I've got all the projects at work, and, oh, I was supposed to bring that thing for so-and-so, and then... Oh my goodness, I, I, I totally forgot about that other thing. Stop every... Oh, what was I supposed to be doing? I don't have time for this. Five minutes is wasted five minutes. I got to go. And, and we, don't we do that? That's what we do. I promise you, if you just took five minutes... See, the thing is, we don't even have room in our life for five minutes that we would only focus on God. And, and, and so that's why we're going to do this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to do something instead. See, we got to make some room for God. There is so much clutter in our lives. Being still. I mean, how many, we have the radio on all the time. How many have the TV on? Some kind of background noise on at all times. There's, it is tough to be still. It is tough to just sit in a, in a room that is silent. We are filling our lives with everything. And, and so we need to make some space for God. The Bible says to be still. Be still. The second thing the Bible says is to wait for God. Psalm chapter 37 verse 7 says it this way, be still before the Lord and, everybody say this next word, patiently for Him. Be still before the Lord and, oh, we're going to try that again. Be still before the Lord and, very good. Some people were trying to be still in the room. I appreciate that. You're taking it to heart. That's nice. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Wait before the Lord. It's tough, right? It's getting awkward in here. We can't handle for just for me to sit there for like five seconds. And, and, and you're like, what is taking so long? What is he doing? What is the matter with him? We are such an impatient society. My prayer is, God, give me patience and give it to me now. How many of you are like that? We, you know, we don't want to wait for anything. And the word says, be still and wait for God. Wait for God. This part is, is the amazing part. Wait for God. See, Crystal and I, a couple years ago, we tried to do our first season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We thought, well, 
uh, giving up food, that might not be such a good idea for me. So let's start at the beginner level, and we're going to give up television. That was our plan. We're going to, first year through, we're going to give up TV. That's what we said very specifically, we'll, we'll give up TV. So we go through these 21 days. The first week, we get through it. It's like, okay, we did a week. The second week, Springfield, Missouri, doesn't have storms usually. There's an ice storm. School's canceled for like four days. All right? And, and so Crystal and I are in the house, and Crystal's home, and I'm not at work, and we're sitting there, and the house is like, it's quiet. And normally, if she has like a day off from work, we pop some movies in. We do like a movie marathon, and we're, we love that, right? And, and we're, we're freaking out. So we start talking to each other. We're like, we said TV, right? Does that include movies? No, we didn't say anything about movies. So, so we put in, we put the movies in, right? Oh, well, if it's on a DV, DVD, it's not TV, right? So, so we failed miserably at our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We, we neither fasted for 21 days, nor did we pray. And, and the reality of it was this, is that we fasted and we gave up something, but we didn't wait for God. See, that's the whole idea behind instead. It's not just that you would give something up. It was, it's that you get something in return. That, that when we are still and wait for God. See, Crystal and I missed it because we were fasting and, and we were just giving stuff up out of our lives. It was like, well, we're just going to kind of suffer for 21, 21 days. And, and the reality of it was that that's not what God wants. God wants us to wait for Him. We could have met with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords during that 21 days. We could have taken a pause in our life and discovered. But the thing was, we were so filled with culture. Our souls had been filled with so much toxic poison that we did not understand how to even connect with our God. And, and so the reality of it is this. During this next 21 days, I want you to come up with a fasting calendar. Starting tomorrow, we'll do it. If you need to go online, go to tworiversassembly.com. There's a link that says 21, instead 21, per, fasting and prayer, and it has all different types of resources. It'll tell you about fasting. It'll tell you about prayer. It'll help you come up with a plan for what you do. It has example fasting, food menus. It has different calendars and resources that you can access so you can plan out your 21 days and figure out how you're going to do this as a family. And, and so the reality is you can go right there and begin to put a plan together. But I'll tell you this, it takes training. Because we are busy, we are in the habit of filling our lives with everything but the one thing that will satisfy us. We are so busy trying to stick the wrong things in. And it will never satisfy. Be still and wait for God. The third one is reflect on God's goodness. If I could have the team come back, or just, just have Ryan and then the team a little bit later, just to play behind me. Reflect on God's goodness. 
be still, wait for God, and then reflect on His goodness. You see, as a restless soul, we're so tempted to think about, when we're trying to be still, we're so tempted to think about all that has to be done. But when you do this, I want you to take a moment to think about all that God has already done. Did you catch that? See, when we're trying to be still, we are all thinking about all the things that we need to do. And Scripture says it this way in Psalm 116, 7-9. through 9. It says, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Why is David saying that his soul should be at rest? He says, go ahead and be at rest, soul, because God has done some awesome things for me. See, we are busy thinking about all the stuff that we got to do, and what's most important is to think about what God has already done. Jesus, when he was on the cross, said it this way, It is finished. It is finished. There's something that Jesus did on the cross that signified completion. That if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then everything else will be taken care of in your life. If you have a restless soul, it's because we have forgotten what God has done. Be still and know that I am God. Remember that I am God. Rest, rest, rest. Return to your rest. In the New Testament, the fasting principle works like this. We discover that our cravings don't control us. We discover that Jesus already won the victory on the cross. You see, power is released when we start to realize the truth that God has already won. The devil, if he could do anything, he wants to make us, if he can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And, and so he wants to trick us into focusing on everything that we crave that will never satisfy our soul. He wants to focus us, get us to focus on the things that we think we ha- don't have, our food, the stuff, our health, all of these other things, as long as we do not focus on the King of Kings and what he has done. As you begin to go into this season, into the next 21 days, and and prayerfully that's a habit that will begin for the rest of this year and the rest of your life. My prayer is that we would discover what God has done and live out of the abundance and the overflow of who God is. When we fast, we break the power of our flesh and its cravings. And instead... We let our soul free to run in the rhythms of God's grace. We discover that He is the one who already forgave us. He's the one who already made us a new creation. 
When you read the Word, you discover that the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. That you are a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And, and what we discover is that when we begin to think about the Alpha and the Omega, He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He is the returning, conquering King. He is the bright and morning star. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is the mighty God. And when you begin to think about who He is and what He has already done, how He has brought you out of sin, how He has brought you out of darkness, and brought you into light, your soul can rest. Your soul can have peace. You'll stop focusing on your addiction. You'll stop focusing on your sickness. You'll stop focusing on your relationships. You'll stop focusing on all the things that are designed to make you a restless soul. God wants you to have peace today. And He wants you to live in the abundant overflow of your soul. Out of your soul flows the wellspring of life out of your heart. And, and here's what will come out as you begin to rest in God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Today, in the next few moments, I just want to give you a minute to be still. In our culture of toxic, secondhand busyness, many of us don't know how to be still. So in this room, I don't want anybody to move around. I want everybody to just stay still. And we're just going to take a moment to be still before God. Now, Father, we acknowledge you, that you have done amazing things, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the first and the last, the beginning and the end. All of history has already been written for you. And in our restlessness, we confess that we have tried to do this without you. We've tried to live our lives according to our best thoughts, according to our best ways. But our ways fall short of you. And today we want to rest in you, Jesus. We want you to come and heal us, to come and fill us, to come and overflow in our lives, to set things right, to make us new.